Welcome friends, my name is Jonathan Reeder and I am the Community Life Pastor here at Friends Church in Orange. And we are so glad that you are checking out this message today. We hope that you find inspiration for your spiritual journey wherever you're at on that journey. We're just glad that you're here today. If you wanna find out ways to get connected here at Friends and be a part of our community, you can just check all that out on the website that you're on right now. Find out how you can be a part of what is happening here at Friends. We hope you enjoy this message and we hope that God blesses you through what you hear. Thanks, guys. Um, well, good morning. Uh, I thought this shirt was pink, and someone was like, it's purple, and now I'm confused. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyways, as we said, my name is Jonathan, and I get to be one of the pastors here on staff. And we've been going through this great series, uh, looking at all things new and renewal. Um, and so speaking of like new years and new things, one of the things that I decided to do, kind of humble brag, really, is I decided to solve, uh, figure out how to solve Rubik's Cubes this year. Any, any cubers out there? Okay, well, oh yeah, oh yeah, Ellie, I know. Yeah, you actually inspired me at Christmas. You were like, Rubik's Cubes. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, I gotta get into it. So I've like learned how to do a Rubik's Cube. And so if you needed like an excuse to figure out, okay, why is Jonathan a nerd? It's because I know how to do a Rubik's Cube now. There's other things too with this. It's like, this is like more of a pastoral nerd thing. But as I was like doing the Rubik's Cube and figuring out all the things, I'm like, okay, this is like spiritual growth, man. Like, wow, this is like, like our lives, you know? Like, you guys ever think about those things? No, this is just like, insight into a pastor's world, right? As we're just doing random things like solving Rubik's Cubes, we're like, oh, okay, this is, this is a, a perfect example of what it means to grow in spirituality. How the heck does that work? Well, I think about the Rubik's Cube, like every time you move something, like, look, okay, so now I've got like do things here, but then like things are more messed up on this side. And if I moved it here, then now this is better, but this is, so it's like, as I was thinking about this, it's literally like life for me. Sometimes I'm moving towards something that I want. And I'm like, I'm gonna just shift this one thing, but then that's gonna shift something else and that's actually gonna make more of a mess over here. And sometimes as I'm starting to get growth and I'm starting to grow towards things, it feels like I'm not really getting any, like nothing's like really happening. I'm not getting any traction. And in fact, things just keep getting more and more messed up as I think I can actually solve this thing called life. And so today, as we're looking at renewal and what does it mean to make all things new, I think every single one of us would love to have a picture of something that is just completed, right? We'd love to look at this Rubik's Cube and go, well, if we just did the right patterns, then maybe eventually we'd find out that we are a complete cube. If we just did a few things, I know. Humble brag, guys, I learned how to do Rubik's Cube, I told you. I wasn't lying, I really did. We want this in our lives. We want to look like this perfect cube, like everything's nice and smooth and where it's supposed to be, but that's not reality. And in fact, the more reality is more like, well, every time I move something else, this is going to be my life. It's going to get more and more messed up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, now I'm just, I, I couldn't solve this unless I had like 10 minutes on, you know, I'm not going to do this live. You guys forget it. That's what it's like to be somebody in this world, right? We're all in process. We're all becoming. And so today, as we're looking again at renewal and where do we want to go, think about this Rubik's Cube this whole time. Think about, okay, how is my life like a Rubik's Cube? And am I trying to get the perfection or am I just trying to become something? Am I in process or have I fully arrived? Wait, have any of you fully arrived, by the way, in life? <sighs> yeah, we're good. I was thinking, I'm like, I'm preaching, but maybe you could be up here and do this instead of me if you wanted to. Uh, but as we were looking at this, we've looked at how God is doing this, and we looked at the book of Acts. And so we're going to open up to the book of Acts. We're not actually going to stay here all day today, but this was a picture, because when we talk about, again, that cube, the, the picture of, of what it looks like to grow in Christ, we looked at Acts 2, 42 through 47. And it says this, it, it talks about the new believers who came together in Jerusalem after Jesus left, and this is what they did. 
They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all of the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I love this idea of what does it look like to live in community? What does it look like to grow together? Because that's what we're going to be looking at today. How do we grow together? And Acts 2.42 is a great passage that we founded a lot of who we are on. And so as we're going to dive in today, we're going to look at we actually grow better when we're together. Why does growing matter? Well, we'll get to that also. But I just want to go back really fast and do a quick New Year's resolution check. So I did this first service and it was a total mistake. How many of you have already failed on a, on a New Year's resolution? Okay, Ellie, one. I got like three or four. Okay, last service, zero people. Then you know what happened? I said, how many of you have, set, have failed to set goals yet? <laughs> there it is. Okay, that's why. Yeah, same with us. We haven't either, right? So Michelle and I, we actually decided, you know what? Instead of setting goals and resolutions, what if we just did like hopes and dreams, you know? Like, it would be nice if we like maybe hung out with more people this year. Or it would be nice if we like were a little bit more hospitable or a little more generous, as Kevin was talking about. But the funny thing about goals and resolutions is if you don't actually have something you're aiming at, you're never going to aim. You're never going to get to what you're aiming at because you don't even have a goal. And so today, as we unpack what we see in Acts 2.42 and we, un we unpack what it looks like to live and to grow in community together, we're going back to our mission statement. That's what we're doing for these four weeks is we're looking at who we are as a church and how we live out Acts 2.42. So throw up our mission statement up on the screen here. We are becoming a community of authentic Christ followers who are compelled to change our world. We're becoming a community of authentic Christ followers compelled to change our world. And we do this through four Gs. We gather together, we grow together, we go together, and we give together. And those are pretty self-explanatory words. And so last week, Kyle looked at what does it look like to gather together? And he actually challenged you. If you were here, he said, hey, for the next four weeks, just show up to church and see what God might want to do. And look, you're all here. Well done. And if you missed last week, you're already ahead. You already knew where he was going with this. And so you're like, we got to go today. So you're here. So we gather together. And then today we're going to look at growing together. What does it look like to grow? And so as we do that, I want to go back to our mission statement, the very first word that we have there, which is becoming. Becoming. And this is a really critical word because becoming is a process-oriented, transformational word. It's not a one-and-done thing. It's gradual. It's perpetual. It's like the Rubik's Cube. It's like you're constantly getting closer to where you need to be. You're becoming something. And as I said earlier, if, you are already, if you've already arrived, then congratulations. Um, you're good. But most of us, we're in good company, right? We haven't fully arrived. I'm becoming something. You are becoming something. And the beautiful thing is that we've been all been given permission to be in process. I don't know about you guys, I was sitting with a good friend the other day and we were talking about this idea of a process and I was just like, oh, man, like, I'm failing at all these different things. Like, I'm never gonna do this and that and that. And he looked at me, he's like, well, it's because you're thinking of your, your life in a binary. He's like, you're either completely crushing it and you're perfect or you're terrible. He's like, there's no middle ground for you for whatever reason, like you just, you think it's gotta be amazing and if it's not, then it's terrible. And he's like, what happened to being human, you know? 
None of us are fully crushing it on everything and none of us are terrible at everything. We're somewhere in the messy middle. And so that's why we love this word becoming because we're all in process of becoming something. The question is, what are we becoming? What are we aiming at? Where are we going? Going back to those New Year's resolutions. If I wanna look back at last year and say, did I become you know, the X, Y, and Z? I gotta look at where did I start and where did I end and what did I do in the middle to get there? And oftentimes it's like, well, I didn't do anything. And now like my hopes and dreams like just didn't come to fruition. I don't know what happened. Like it was because I wasn't intentional about growth. I just kind of hoped that it would happen, but it just doesn't. And so we're becoming something. And for those of us who put our faith in Jesus, the beautiful thing is that we have a perfect target to aim at. We have Jesus. We have Jesus to aim at. And that's where we come to our second part of our mission statement, which is we are authentic Christ followers. If you want a goal for this year, just say like, okay, what's my overall goal? And then let's set some steps to get there. If you just put this up on your board, you said authentic Christ follower. I guarantee you that if you took steps towards that, you would be more of an authentic Christ follower next year. Guarantee it. That would be pretty amazing. Or you could actually make it easier. You don't even need words. You just need pictures like this. Put a picture like this up on your wall. (laughs) Be like me, guys, I'm Jesus. I don't know if that's sacrilegious. I'm sorry if I'm offending you. Um, but it's just another picture of what does it look like to aim at something? And if your target is Jesus, you're going to become more like Jesus. That's just how it works. So we're becoming authentic Christ followers, making that target. But, and this is a really big but, the thing is, I will never grow to become like Jesus all by myself. I will actually not come to the full picture of who Jesus is as an individual. It's not possible. I could go be the most holy person. I could go up on a mountaintop and like in a cabin and read God's word and pray and fast all day for my entire life. And I would still be missing something because the best tool that Jesus himself gave to you and gave to me for spiritual growth and transformation to become like Jesus holistically are the people sitting right around you. It's the church. God didn't say, hey, go be perfect by yourself. He said, you as an, as an entity, you as an in, entire community, aim for perfection together, grow more together. He said, it's the church. It's a transformed community, not a perfect individual. See, that's the, I think sometimes we're like, well, I want to be like that person over there, or I want to be like that person. But every single one of us, we've got our hiccups, we've got our things. It's like, don't aim to be just like a person, aim to be like Jesus. And Jesus says, well, the best way to be like me is to be like me in community. It's not an individual thing. And so we find that the word that we are missing in our mission statement is this word community. We're becoming a community of authentic Christ followers who are compelled to change our world, not just becoming authentic Christ followers. So I intentionally left that out because that's what we immediately think. I want to become a better Jesus follower. Yes, that's absolutely true. But as a church, following the example in Acts 2.42, we believe that we are better together as a community, a community who grows to change the world. So put it a different way, we grow best in community. We grow best in community. This is actually shown in Ephesians, which is where we're going to be today. So if you do have your Bibles, you can open up to Ephesians. We're going to be in Ephesians 4. And as we look at Ephesians, Ephesians is a book that is written uh, to a multicultural church in Ephesus. And so Ephesus was this old port that like all these different like people would come together into Ephesus. And Paul is writing this letter to the Ephesians. 
And it's this multicultural, multi-religion. You've got Jews and Greeks and Romans and everyone's like mixed up together and there's all these like things, ins and outs. It's like one of like our major cities today, right? There's so many multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religions going on. And you can imagine the type of church that was existing in Ephesus, this new church, they're coming about and they're trying to figure out how do I get along if I'm Roman, how do I get along with someone who's Jewish who gets along with someone who's Greek and yet, and we do that. Like we have so many different cultural ideas and even religions and we're trying to come under one banner of Christ. And so the, the vision of Ephesians is really just continuing Jesus's vision that there would be unity amongst the believers, unity. And Paul, as he's talking to the Ephesians, he's saying, guys, it's all about unity because Jesus was all about unity. In fact, Jesus prayed for his disciples. He said, I pray that they would be one or that you would be one as I and my father are one. When Jesus is praying that, he's actually giving us an incredible theological statement. He's saying, I and God and the Holy Spirit are one. So we call the Trinity, right? The three in one. The amazing thing is that God does not exist outside of community. God is a relational being. And if we are made in the image of God, we obviously then are made for community. We're relational. And we know that, we understand that, but we think that, no, maybe I can grow on my own. Maybe I'm okay on my own. I don't really need other people. But no, God's saying, if I have to have community, you guys have to have community. And not just have to, you get to, because that's how you're gonna grow to become everything that you can be. So, okay, going back to Ephesians. Ephesians 4, we're gonna start in verse 11. So Paul's speaking to the Ephesians here, and he says, listen, Christ gave himself, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, when that happens, we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We're gonna unpack this. But ultimately, what Paul is saying is we are a body. You guys know how bodies work, right? I mean, you all live in them. You understand. They break down. They've got issues. The older you get, Kyle talked about this last week, like the older you get, the more your body breaks down. But hopefully, your inner spirit is being built up. But Paul is saying we as a church, we're a body. Like if my hand is broken, the rest of my body is going to know, and it's going to do something about it. It's going to try to send things to help it. Is going to try to in some way like accommodate for that. My brain is telling me I can't use my left hand, so I should probably use my right hand. Or like if you have a hurt leg, your body, the whole alignment, everything shifts to kind of help figure out what's wrong with the body and how do we be healthy. But ultimately, a healthy body is a balanced body where everything is working perfectly. If any of you are physical therapists or you work around like sports therapy, you understand this. This is how we work best is when our bodies are in alignment, when everything is built up and strong, the ligaments are working with the bones, with the joints, and everything's working and your brain's telling you what to do. This is what a healthy body looks like. And Paul is saying, we as the church, we are a body. We're a healthy body. And one of the gifts that Jesus has given his church, the Ephesians, Paul talks about it right before, is that he's given gifts to each and every one of us to help the body. Did you know that? So if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I, I want to be it, but like, that's just for like the, you know, the, the superstars, that's not true. Every single one of us has been given a gift 
to you. So look at this, back in verse 11 again. Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Those are some specific gifts. There's other gifts that he talks about in other, in other parts. But the whole point of these people who have these gifts is, verse 12, to equip his people for works of service. And as they build us up, as we become build up, we then go and we build others up. And then those people build others up. It's this perpetual system of renewal that we find, that we grow stronger together. And so if today you're sitting here thinking, I don't think I have a gift. I don't think I have anything to offer the church. You're wrong. You do. Every single one of you is a part of the body. And when one of us is not interacting or engaging, the body is worse off because of it. We need each other. We need every single one of us engaging together so that we can grow to become the holistic picture of Jesus that he's given us. And so how long does this go on? Because it's like, well, if, what if every single one of us all at the same time is like, okay, we're all going to use our gifts right now, go. And if we actually did that, would we be complete? And the answer is actually found in verse 13. When are we complete? Verse 13, until we reach, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Essentially, I think what Paul's saying is that this is never actually fully going to happen. He's giving us that, that future picture. He's giving us that perfect Rubik's Cube and saying, this is what the perfect fullness would look like. Because if we fully put all this together, everything working, and then we would see our, we are perfectly aligned, everything is wonderful. But the problem is, I'm not fully mature yet. Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you? No. We're all growing still. It made me think of, actually, as we think of growth, it made me think of my, my 10-year-old. He's almost 10. He's nine. He's going to be 10. And he's six months older than our church. So our church was planted almost 10 years ago. And so as I see Henry grow, I think of our church as kind of this, like, you know. So when Henry was a baby, I was like, oh, our church is just a little baby church. We're getting off the ground. And now he's five. And it's like, oh, our church is five years old. That's big. And now we're almost 10. It's like, oh, my gosh, we're almost like a teenage church, you know? Like, we're going to start getting acne soon. It's going to get weird. <laughs> These are going to get a little deeper, you know, and like, we're going to go through some changes, and we already have. But you can't measure a church growth by human growth. It doesn't quite work like that. But as I look at Henry, I think about, you know, when he was a baby, we just gave him milk and hung out with him, and he slept a lot, and it's like, oh, he's so cute, and he cries a bunch. But as he gets older, we begin to have different conversations with him. We begin to talk about, okay, what type of friends do you have? Are your friends helping you, or are they making you worse? When you're scared, can you memorize scripture? How does that help you? You know, like when, when we have conversations about what we see, what we listen to, how that actually affects our brains and our hearts. And he's beginning to understand these things very differently than when he was four or when he was two. We have conversations around, man, you can't, you know, if you ever want to get a girlfriend, you can't tell poop jokes all the time, you know? Like, <laughs> we get real. Because it's like, you can't do that. No girl's going to want that. I mean, girls, if you are attracted to immaturity, just stop, you know? It's, it's not good. Because what we're trying to do is become mature individuals, mature people. We're trying to get to the fullness of what God has for us. And as I think about Henry growing, I think about a church growing. Even if we were 110 like our Yorba campus, we would still be maturing and growing because we're made up of people. And it's much more organic than just a system and a process. If I, if I just did the right three moves and I'd have this perfect Rubik's Cube. It doesn't quite work like that. We're made up of individuals who are growing towards Christ-likeness. The goal, though, is to become more like Jesus. And not just individually, but as a community. And so if one of you is like, I'm crushing it, and the, the, another of you is like, I'm not at all, then what should happen? The one who's crushing it should look at the one who's not and say, let me come alongside you and help you. The one who's weak should help the one who's strong. The one who's strong should help the one who's weak. When we do that, we all grow together like a healthy body. 
And that's what's beautiful about how Jesus has created us. He's created us to need one another. Sometimes that's the worst, because I'm like, I don't want to be vulnerable. I don't want to have to need anybody in my life. I want to be self-sufficient. But that's not how we're created. We're created to be with others. And in fact, we're created to never even reach our full potential on our own. You will never reach your full potential on your own. You won't. No matter how many self-help books you read, no matter how many times you go to the gym, no matter how many Bible verses you read, if you do this on your own, you will never reach your full potential. You might get a little higher, but you're not going to reach all that God has for you outside of community. But this is also something that's true, is that we will never reach our full potential as a church made up of individuals. When we see ourselves as individuals, my personal growth is what matters. Me being the best is what matters, and that's the only thing that matters. We will never reach our full potential. It's like a soccer team. So I coach soccer. My kids play soccer. I love soccer. It's like when you see a team of really good individuals play, but they play as individuals, that team looks terrible. They don't get the job done. But if you get a team of individuals who are growing and they play with others and they learn how to play in the system together, that team can go far. That team can make it to the top. And that's how we are as a church. We can go far. We can make it to the top. We can become all that Jesus has for us if we come together. We do it together. It's not an individual sport, spiritual growth. It's a team sport. And then what's the result? Paul gives us the result of what does it look like when we work together as a team in verse 14. He says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. The first part of what is the result is that we will no longer be infants. You guys know what babies are like? They're very cute, but they don't do very much. Babies are kind of like, you know, they just hang out. You give them some milk, they sleep, they cry. Hopefully they, cry, they sleep more than they cry. Maybe sometimes they cry more than they sleep. But they're not like that productive or useful. They're beautiful, they bring people together, but they're babies. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to be a baby anymore. You want to be a mature adult. Many of you are, or you're mature kids, or you're growing. Sometimes it's like, well, it'd be nice if someone would just like, you know, make me go to bed and like, give me a bath and give me a bottle, and it's like, I'm out. But that's not really the ultimate goal of life. You were to say, my ultimate goal is to be a baby. Your ultimate goal is to become a mature, self-sufficient individual. The problem is, by making yourself self-sufficient, you're making yourself actually more immature. So the idea is, well, if we're not going to be infants, then what are we going to be? What helps us grow towards maturity? And Paul gives it to us right in verse 15. He says, instead of being infants, you will speak the truth in love. When we speak the truth in love, we will grow towards Christ-likeness. See, there's, there's truth, there's objective truth that we can speak to one another, that we can find and discover together. And then there's love. Truth is the what, love is the how. We find out truth, but we find it through love. And if there's no love in a community, there's only truth, that is not a community you wanna be a part of. If there's no truth in a community and there's only love, that's not a community you wanna be a part of. It's when those two are coming together, we're saying we're speaking the truth in love together, we will then grow. And what do we grow towards? We'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. This is verse 15 here. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, it grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Ultimately, with Christ as the head, we will grow together to become this beautiful community. Next week, we're going to talk about what does it look like as a community to go and to change the world. We can only do that if we're unified. If we're separate and we're all each doing our own individual thing, we're just going to be these individual players on this team and nothing's ever going to get done. No goals will actually be scored. But as we come together in community and grow in Christ-likeness and truth and in love, we're going to find that we're going to reach closer to the full measure of who Jesus is. The full measure. And when we do this, when we become more like Jesus, it's amazing because think about this. You can't grow in many regards without anybody around you. Think about trying to grow in compassion. What if your goal this year was like, I just want to be a more compassionate person. So I'm going to sit here by myself in my room and say, Jesus, make me more compassionate. Mm. Yeah, it's working. I can feel it right here, guys. I have so much compassion now. But I'll never be able to actually practice that if I don't see anybody, you know? If I'm in my room the whole time, but as soon as my son comes in, he's like, Dad, I'm so sad or scared. It's like I have an immediate opportunity to practice compassion. That's when I begin to grow. We grow best, right, when there's people up against, to go against. We grow in compassion. We grow in humility. We grow in long-suffering. We grow in this idea of loving other people, of having grace for people when it's really hard. We grow in knowledge when we're with other people. These are all the different things, the different ways that we grow together. And I was thinking about this. One of the best things about community is that when you're with other people who are following Jesus, they actually help you see what you're lacking. Hopefully, again, in a loving way, but there's some truth to that as well. I was sitting with a friend the other day, and he was telling me about his desire to grow in prayer. He was just like, gosh, I just feel like God's really put it on my heart to grow in prayer. He's like, I want to seek the Holy Spirit. I want to hear God's voice. I want to see miracles. He's like, I just want to, I want to dive fully into the water. Like, he was like on the verge of the cliff, right? He's like, I want to jump in. And as I heard him talking, it reminded me of myself five years ago when I was like, that was me. I wanted to jump off the cliff into God. I just wanted to be fully in. I wanted to be fully immersed. I'm like, God, whatever you want to do, I'm completely abandoned to you. And over the past five years, I've slowly walked away from that because it's like life, you know? There's things going on. It's hard. There's, there's so many things. And it was a reminder as I was with my friend who's now newly seeking God, it reminded me, that's what I want for myself. And again, you're not just going to read a book and be like, all right, now I'm fully there. It's like you need others to inspire you towards growth. And when we do this together, we find that we actually make this beautiful masterpiece that God has for us. It's like music. I grew up playing instruments, and there's different instruments that I, I played, but at one point in high school, I learned to play the drums. And as a drummer, it's really fun because you're like, okay, I've got like a good groove, but if you ever have like practiced playing the drums by yourself, it's just, it's fine, you know? It can be fun, but like, it's just not complete. So in fact, I, CJ, are you over here, CJ? I'm gonna have CJ come up. Can you guys welcome up CJ? CJ is an incredible drummer. I know you guys are worshiping with your eyes closed and your hands raised and you never see him, but like you're hearing him, you know? What I love about, he's like an incredible technique. If you just hear him play, it's like, oh, that is so good. But I also love that he worships Jesus when he plays. And as he plays, CJ, I just want you to play just like a simple beat, I don't know, something slow, something to kind of get us into the mood, you know? Just lay down a beat of some sort. Hmm. Good. Could you guys sit here for an hour and listen to this? 
I couldn't. It's really good. But I feel like we need more. So like, where's the rest of the band? Can you band come up? The rest of you guys, come on up. Because the one thing I know about music is that music is better when we're all playing together, right? In harmony, in unison. There's these things called harmony we're trying to teach our kids. What does it look like to sing one note, but then you sing a different note, but it actually helps complete, right? Both of these notes together become better. And then you do another harmony, and then you add another instrument, and it just goes more and more. So, I don't know, Elijah, you play the bass. Let's get a little rhythm section going when you're ready. Just want to see how this feels. A little bit different than just the drums. All right. Good, it's good. Maybe like some rhythm guitar. Let's see how. It's good. All right, keys. We're gonna hold off on you, Izzy. We'll come to you. Get ready for your solo, though. You ready? Okay, here it comes. There it is. Come on. All right. One more time. Give us a little more, Izzy. I want to hear more of that. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, that's so good. Well done, you guys. That's a picture. This is what it's like when we work together and we grow together in community. It's a beautiful music. It's this masterpiece that Jesus is creating within us. And as you think about, I could have listened to that for like an hour. Maybe, you know, a little variation on it, but it's like when there's music going, it's like, I want to be a part of that. It's inspiring. It's amazing. It's so fun. Individual instruments can be really great. They're really amazing. But together, they're even better. And that's what we're like as a church, guys. As individuals, we're fine, and we're growing towards Christ-likeness, but together, we become the complete and whole picture that Jesus has for us. And I'm thinking for some of you here today, you may just be like, man, I, I love that, but... Over the past couple years, I've learned isolation really well because, I mean, it's a lot easier to be by yourself than with other people, to be honest. Being with people is hard. Sometimes there's like things that get in the way. There's sometimes disunity that happens. There's fighting, there's tension. It's, it's not easy. And yet it's worth it. I think about this, this lady who came to, to uh, this area and she was looking for community. She literally was like, I'm just lost. I need some people. And she went to a yoga class because she's like, you know, you go to yoga, that's where there's people are there. And she was at this yoga class and somebody invited her to friends. They were like, hey, do you go to church? She's like, no, not right now. She's like, hey, you should come to friends. Just check it out. And as she came, she experienced this, right? This gathering. And she was like, wow, that was amazing. She decided to come to Alpha. And as she was a part of Alpha, she was like, this is amazing. I'm beginning to have answers to my questions. I'm beginning to find new relationships and, and new ways to do this. And now she's serving at Alpha. She's served the past couple sessions. She is a part of the body now because she decided to take a step towards community. Or I think about a dad who came and he was just broken. He's like, I have all these hangups in my life and I have these kids and my wife and my job and we're moving and there's so many different things and he didn't know what to do. And it was like, hey, can you just come to a, come to a group, see what happens? And through 10 weeks, he found Jesus in a new way. He actually heard the gospel for the first time in a new light and was like, I get it, there's grace. And he wouldn't have experienced that without community. Or I think about this lady who's come recently who was just like, I am completely, utterly broken. I have nothing left to give. And she came to a group and all she experienced was love and compassion. She got baptized this past Easter and she's ready to go. She's like, I love Jesus more than ever now because she took that step. And so for you today, if you're sitting here thinking, I, 
I want that, but I don't know what to do. We've tried to make it as easy as possible. To grow best in community, come to Alpha. Just join us next Thursday night. Join a women's study if you're like, that works better for me, Thursday morning. If you're already in a life group, go. Go to your life group. Make that life group happen again. We're hanging out next Sunday night on the 22nd. Like, come and just hang out with us. But don't walk out of this place today without a step towards community. There's so many different ways you can do that, but just take a step, see what happens. We've got a men's hangout happening on uh, February 5th, right outside. We'd love to have you guys come. If you're just like, I need some dudes in my life, like come hang out. Whatever it is, don't walk out of this space without making an intention to be a part of this. As we continue to, to worship, the one last thing that I was thinking was, we come to Jesus with our burdens. Every single one of us, we have them. And Jesus, he takes them on himself first and foremost. But then he says, hey, you know what? Let me grab some other people. And he gives you people around you and they bear the burdens with you. That's what community does. That's how we grow together. Not as individuals, but as a community. And so today, if you're coming with burdens, you're just like, I need to be a part of something. Every single one of you, I know this for a fact, needs to be a part of a community. And I hope that community is friends. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're here with us. We pray that you would give us that desire that as we bring our burdens to you, you would meet us with compassion, with grace, and ultimately with community because it's the greatest gift that you have given to us is this church. So we pray these things, Jesus, in your name, amen.